0: into some wrestling real quick did you guys watch smackdown a little bit of it all right what do you think of, how do y'all think about the direction of smackdown i'm just gonna talk about a few key things we spoke we we touched on it before uh we'll start with the bailey and sasha stuff how do you th- what do you think about um the progression of that story peter
1: uh to me it was the best part of SmackDown yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. I think uh, it, it's really great. I love the story. I am one of those people that thinks it should have been done a lot earlier. Like this trigger should have been pulled on Bailey and Sasha a lot earlier. But I honestly want to say I love what they're doing with Bailey as a heel. I love the way they're making her seem so reprehensible and so beyond. Like when you think of who Bailey was as a character for so many years in the beginning, this is night and day with her. Um, I really like what they're doing with Bailey. I honestly am loving Bailey's heel persona. I'm mm. just not sold on Sasha as a baby face. I'm just not sold on
0: it. Yeah. T.
1: Um, I
2: definitely agree. Um, I feel like Sasha, it's hard to feel like bad for her with this whole thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, but with SmackDown as a whole, I've been catching up on SmackDown recently more than, than ever because you know how I feel, Roman equals money. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like the creative direction of SmackDown has been really strong. Apart from a couple of little storylines, I would like to see a little bit more of, um, a little less of, um, what's his face? That whole storyline with Miz and Otis, I'd like to see a little less of that. I'm not really feeling this whole Alexa Bliss, Sister Abigail thing. I'm not feeling it.
0: That okay.
2: Way. Um, I feel like that trigger should have been pulled years ago, and I, I feel like it's kind of weird now, and I think it's mm-hmm. like not going to lead to anything significant.
0: Yeah. I, the Sister Abigail stuff, yes, I, I agree. I'm kind of like, it looks cool now, but... It would.
2: It'd be one thing because we were so used to Alexa being a heel for so long too. mm You know what I'm saying that the the that her being a good guy with uh, Nikki Cross it feels it felt always felt forced,
1: right? So you know what the funny thing is I feel like it would have been a lot better if Nikki had gone heel. I understand what they're doing with Alexa, mm -hmm. but Nikki and I've seen Nikki's work on the indie scene uh, for a long time. Uh, Nikki I think works really really great as a heel. I loved her character insanity. I still think one of her greatest moments on the main roster is when she like is in the ring with Becky and she's like, come play with Nikki, Becky. Let's, you know, mm-hmm. come play. You know, that was a really great moment. Um, but I, I, I gotta say my biggest problem and I gotta agree with, with what Tavia had to say, but I think a lot of my biggest problem is just, it's the same people outside of what outside of Jay Uso getting a title shot right now. Tell me mm. how it's just not this repetition of the same people I'm seeing on my television screen every week, every week. And we know how deep the SmackDown roster is. And I feel like there needs to be a lot done more. There's
2: a bigger problem on Raw than SmackDown.
1: Though. Well, yeah, because, but I also think with SmackDown, it's like, okay. Like a, a friend of mine and I were having this conversation a couple of days uh-huh. ago about, uh, and actually uh, Dre, uh, this was on one of the pages, the whole Ricochet, yeah. story, the whole idea with yes. Ricochet, right? Um, and, and one of my good friends brought up this idea, and it's really true. And it's a Davey, it's, it's, it's a British Bulldog analogy. When mm-hmm. the British Bulldog was in the WWE back then, he was always made to look like a legitimate star, even when he wasn't in the main event picture. And we could say that back then the WWE, WWF roster was super deep, right? But what was great about the rosters back then was there was ways with much less TV time. There were ways for you to legitimately place characters within certain areas where if they moved up or they moved down, they didn't lose steam. They weren't demoted. And if they were moved up, it legitimately made, it, made perfect sense. I don't think there was ever a time if you would have put Mr. Perfect in a WWF championship match or if you would have put the British Bulldog in a WWF championship match, I don't think there would have been a single fan who A, didn't believe they belonged there or B, didn't believe that they could make a legitimate champion. I don't think there's a single person who's looking at Jey Uso and thinks, huh, if he beats Roman, he'd be a great champ, right? And I think everyone's going into that already saying, well, we know what's going to happen. Roman's going to beat Jey Uso, right? Uh, because Jey Uso has he never – He's going to beat him, though. Well, right. yeah, yeah, I agree I with think you. That's what, I think that's
2: what's going to set this one apart because you're, you're not going to think that Roman's going to brutalize his cousin.
1: Yeah. You know, I just, I just feel like there has to be a lot, and this this is across the WWE, not just SmackDown, but across the WWE. There has to be a better utilization of talent where they can exist in their part of the card, but moving up and down is not seen as a demotion, or them moving up is not seen as something that's hard to believe. Right. You mm-hmm. cannot tell me that Ricochet cannot be legitimately presented as someone who can't be a world champion, but just isn't right now. Right, And if Ricochet turned up in a WWE title match in six months, we would sit here and believe that Ricochet could be a believable money-making WWE champion. And if you aren't presenting people in that way, then that's what makes a lot of this so so bland, right?
2: You know, but I think it goes to the part where fans are so fickle. True. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like right now, without having the live reactions in the stands, you have a hard gauge of what's really hidden and what's not. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I I feel as if right now during the COVID series, the COVID season, they shouldn't have not one roster split. It's the roster should have been one. Like it should have been real there should have been no like world smackdown. It should have been one roster so you can have more matches. You know, if I see Dominic and Seth one more time, I think I'm gonna
1: lose my mind. But if you didn't have, <laughs> you didn't, but thats the funny thing—if you didn't, if you didn't have the me. roster split, uh. if you didn't have the roster split, tell me what's stopping Vince from putting Dominic and and Seth on Raw and SmackDown and this and that. That was the problem with the right. roster. Split back you then. have
2: five hours of content. Content, actually, seven hours of content. Content.
0: Yep. Right.
2: At least, you know, with NXT yes. main event or whatever. I feel that we don't get, I feel like Baron Corbin, this is a Baron Corbin example. Mm-hmm. This man needs to be in the title picture. You can't put him in the title picture on SmackDown right That's now true. because Roman is, is, is getting that monster heel run, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to put a Baron Corbin somewhere like a Raw to be a foil for Drew. You know what I'm saying? I feel as if there are people there like you know, everybody's like really up on Keith Lee, but I would prefer to have seen Baron Corbin in that in that main event spot.
1: Like so or I had to
2: move ahead. Maybe Kevin Owens' really good face run on SmackDown against Roman.
1: Here's an interesting question, Andre. I really want mm-hmm. your, your take on this as well. Okay. So you know how everybody's always talked about for years this idea of like wrestling having an off season, right? Yes. Okay. What makes Roman coming back now so great is because we haven't seen him for so long. What he's doing seems fresh. It seems Mm -hmm. new. Right. And so that's why even a lot of people who are Roman haters are sitting there like, oh my God, Roman Reigns, I'm really loving this right now. Right. Uh Here's my thing what's stopping the WWE from not necessarily doing an offseason, but with their roster doing something rotational where somebody could be in a In a storyline, whether it be a month, three months, six months, a year, but once their storyline is up, if they're not taking the title or staying as part of the next storyline, rotating them off TV for a little while, letting them get a little bit of rest, letting them work the house shows to try out new gimmicks, to try out new characters, to try out new match stories, and letting people that are on TV get some time off the house show circuit, right? So now everybody stays fresh. have they really been doing that, though, over the past year or so? Yeah, yeah like, in the territories. Well, yeah, but what I'm thinking of is like, okay, like so for territory. example, for example, let's say you get, you do this storyline with Roman, right? Uh, But let's not use Roman. Let's, Let's use the Keith Lee story, right? Keith Lee's in this story, whatever, whatever. He runs for six months, right? Now you want to turn Keith Lee heel or whatever. Slightly get him off TV, two, three weeks, maybe a month. We don't see Keith Lee. All of a sudden... Keith Lee comes back a month later, a month and a half later. Now it seems fresh. We haven't seen Keith Lee in two months. We have questions about, well, what's Keith Lee doing? What is he What is he about to do? What does he want to do? What are his motivations now? It, and But now you're able to take somebody who was just on TV for six months straight, go home, rest for two months. But I, still see, I still kind of see
2: that happening right now. I don't think it was more or less we hadn't seen Roman in a while that made what happened happen the way it did. I think it's the inclusion of the pieces of Paul Heyman. Roman, you know, kind of getting, I think even if Roman had been on SmackDown every week,
1: that still would have been big news. That still would have been big news.
2: I think yeah, we would have had a lot of Roman hate, though. You know? yeah, yeah, we would
1: have tied Roman over the last, you know, uh, just seen the, every SmackDown. When, they,
2: the answers, you, well, When you really think about it, Roman's been chasing the title for the better part of five years.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah you, I y- agree. Me.
2: So Matt. at the end of the day um oh. what's that? Y'all can hear me? Hold on,
0: no. I'm hold on. No, I'm <laughs> trying to I'm trying to see if I can hear Matt. Go but go ahead. Go ahead. I'm okay,
2: sorry. I got to stop when I'm making a point like I got to really like stop cutting me off like when I'm like saying You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So go
0: ahead. No, I was trying to see I if I can hear Matt.
2: I forgot,
0: Matt. I forgot oh. <laughs> what you were saying. Matt,
3: you there? Yeah. Yeah, can you hear me? Yes. Can y'all hear me? Y'all can hear me? Yes. Yes. Okay. I was saying. Uh, I asked, was he talking about more or less like back in the territory days with um, like the AWA and the NWA? How they would like take, they take like certain players off the um, off the towns and like send them to like a different territory to see if they can um, get something refreshed or something like that. Is that what he was talking me. about?
1: Kind of in in a
3: hand way, hand
1: in yeah, kind of in a way. You know, you, t- you take somebody out of the Carolinas, you send them out to, you know, the Texas territory, and now everybody in the Carolinas doesn't see them, right? And so now it's like when they do come back to the Carolinas, they seem fresh, and people are like happy to see them again, and and it, it rejuvenates them yeah. in a way. And I think that had to. I agree with what Tavia said about the pieces around Roman. I really do, but I honestly think. If we'd seen Roman every single SmackDown, okay, since he uh, got stripped of the championship, it you know, it, why has he been chasing the title for five years? Because there are hundreds of thousands of wrestling fans who are like, I don't want to see Roman. I, he's That's been pulled Roman. down out. throat. That doesn't,
2: that doesn't counteract the millions of fans around the world that wants to see it. You get what I'm saying? I feel like with Roman, the, the, the problem is, it's like when you're speaking to an audience only the 10% are the loudest audience, and that's mm-hmm. the internet audience. You get what I'm saying? And the internet audience could not be more wrong. Because when you think about it, you have to think about merchandise sales. You got to oh, think yeah. about all the, the the assets that this guy brings to the table, and the, and the fact of the matter is you become attached to the chase. Mm-hmm. That's why, like, back in the days of Macho Man, people were hyped up as hell around WrestleMania 4 or 5 because of the fact that he was in the chase. That's why people got sick of Hogan after a while, because he didn't chase anymore. So in order to keep Roman relevant, these years, he had to be more chasing than having. You get what I'm saying? Now look at Drew. Everybody was so home on him being the, the next big thing. Now that he's a champion, you have that same hundred thousand fans, you know what I'm saying, basically coming for his head. You know, after two years ago, you couldn't oh, well, F Roman. It has to be Drew. It has to be Braun. You know what I'm saying? And when these guys are at that point, mm-hmm. they're not performing in a way that Roman did. And that thing. I mean, not performing like they're not, they're not getting this garnering the same attention and reaction. You get what I'm saying? So when yeah. I feel like, I definitely agree that I feel like they should have had some type of system where they could rotate our people, keep people fresh. But we're so fickle as fans, you get what I'm saying? Like, and then especially with the internet kind of gaining like most of the attention, like, people pay attention to shit for like 30 seconds.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So at the end of the day, like, you know, because of COVID, I don't think live events are ever going to be the same way that they were before or if ever again. So, right now, I feel like it needs to be one roster. And Duke it out from there because right now it's, it's become a little dry on both ends. If I don't watch, I didn't watch wrestling for two weeks or three weeks, and it was, mm-hmm. or I didn't watch Raw for three weeks, and it was the same matches that you know, or the same people working together that I had watched three weeks prior. So it gets kind of dry it, and it's like inconsistent, so you no one can really like. Get on that
0: that path, and I feel like the fans have a lot to do with that. Yeah, I I agree with that too because I think the biggest um, the biggest gauge of uh, from what we've been seeing in wrestling for years, the biggest gauge of how you know somebody's over or or they're not is the fans, and we don't have we have artificial fan sound. If people are not making noise from their computer this is this is generated sound so the comp- the company is basically showing us well again, we know it's artificial sound it's just like in the n b a they're using the same thing the same um yeah the same yeah the, the same, in artificial, town, yeah. Yeah, the s- same sound the NBA is using so in these cases, we don't know who's really over and who's really who's not unless you go on the computer unless you, you cut so on the Twitter. To...
1: the sales like doing... sorry Tavia I, I I know you hate getting interrupted I don't mean to uh, <laughs> um But we've seen that before. We've seen the WWE ignore all of that before. I mean, we've seen some guys and some girls get over on their own. They're the biggest things in the company. Uh, They're they're selling merch. They're doing Mm -hmm. all of this. And the WWE, well, we don't want to push you. Let if if it really was fan reaction, merch, all of that, then I think there'd be a lot of movement in the card more than we Mm -hmm. see. Don't get me wrong. I agree that Roman does move merch. Roman is money. I've said that before the same way I've said Brock Lesnar. As much as people hate it, Brock is money. Oh, right? hell yeah. He, he is box office. Um, you know, the, the, these things are that, – that's why the New Day still exists, right? Because no matter how annoying the New Day can get, they make money. And they make boatloads of money. Um, but we saw this with Zack Ryder, we saw this with a lot of other uh stars who were with the Zack Ryder thing. I never saw him. I'm
2: sorry for cutting you, I never saw him being that main event person. I felt that he could have been a little bit higher on the card for the time, but when you think about like the true Long Island, whatever, yeah, so um, during that time, you had the rise of like the CM Punks. You still have Rock and Cena simmering, you know, through the ranks at that time. You get what I'm saying? So it would be hard. Like if I if I'm someone in the business mindset, if I know I have Rock and Cena like on the horizon, and then I have CM Punk Jericho also on the horizon, I'm gonna bank on that. Even though Zack Ryder should have been a lot, you know what I'm saying, higher than where he was, especially on certain cards and stuff like hundred percent.
1: See, I agree. I think of it so far. So when I think of it like from a booking standpoint, I'm thinking also long term, right? How long are you going to have Rock and Cena? Yeah, Rock and Cena should be what you bank on. That's your main event of WrestleMania, you know, uh, Punk and Jericho, big money. That's where you're going to generate your revenue, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm also thinking five years from now, I may not have Rock and Cena. I'll have Zack Ryder. I'll have this guy. I'll have that guy. Right, So I have to be able to place them in a position where over the course of time, it makes sense. So in five years, if Zack Ryder is one of my main events of a WrestleMania, people understand how he got there. And let's be real with it. The only reason Daniel Bryan was in the position that he was in, the only reason why Kofi Mania was in the position that was in was because Vince could not not do those things. I do not think for the life of me, Vince McMahon sat down in a meeting and said, we're going to push Kofi to the world championship and he's going to make us money. He knew using the culture of the time and what was going on, he had no choice but to do it and he made it work, right? But why isn't someone like Kofi over the course of time, being built to a point where when he is in the main event of something like that, we're not looking at it as, okay, this is something Vince had to do versus this is something that, yo, Kofi belongs in this match. Kofi legitimately needs to be here. And that's where I think the WWE fails. They don't build towards the future. They continue banking on those high level stars and and not really putting people in. Because here's the thing, a guy like Ricochet, yeah, five years from now, if he's still there, maybe they'll put him in a position to be a main event player. But I don't by see it, like though. I don't
2: see it. Mm. You look at certain people, you be like, yo, that's a star. First time I ever saw Brock Lesnar, I was like, That's a star. First time, you know, not sitting on Ricochet. Ricochet is one of the best I've ever seen in the ring. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. In ring, right? But It's so hard to plan five years from now, especially in a business like this, because the fans, I'm pretty sure when it came to, like, The Shield, right? The Shield Mm -hmm. was the next big thing. But because they were so popular, it rushed them to kind of split them up Mm -hmm. and push them there because they didn't have the seniors, they didn't have the the rock punk and stuff like that anymore. But, like, I do agree with your point about, like, the Daniel Bryan situation. But mm-hmm. I
1: think what had helped that was that um, CM Punk had. Right. We almost got to treat it as much as it's a disrespect and like a sport. We got to mm-hmm. do almost like what Matt was talking about. We got to, you know, in a way, respectfully disrespect the Aaron Rodgers by mm-hmm. getting in like the Jordan Love. So, like, yeah, mm-hmm. Rock and Cena, that's my money right now. But I need mm-hmm. to start paying attention to that Jordan Love. Not because I want them to replace you right now, mm-hmm. but because I know in five years and in wrestling, five years goes by like that. Mm-hmm. I need them in a position to be able to replace you or be a substitute for you in that same position. So right. I have to, I, I know your money. I got to, I got to focus on you less, mm-hmm. but I know when I do use you, your money, I got to mm-hmm. start focusing on these because they need to be able to bring me money when you're not here to bring me money. So we're right. not relying on bringing in those old guys to generate revenue. Right. right. And, and I don't, see. I'm
0: sorry, I don't want to cut you off because we haven't heard from really Matt about the subject because he's been in and out. So Matt, this is uh, goes into basically some of my, uh, so the last question, what I've been saying, because we, we've basically been answering it, basically the state of wrestling and Basically building superstars. What do you we're think about, about at it? At all, so. No, we're not talking about E.W. right now. We're not. We're not gonna talk uh, about that.
2: Uh, um,
3: <laughs> what do I think about building stars? I like what they're doing with certain stars now. Maybe because of mm-hmm. you know what the pandemic has afforded us. Like I mm-hmm. like the fact that they're that they're doing what they're doing with 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 your Cedric Alexander or you know. Yeah, I know we're, we're we're downplaying Ricochet, but this is the most we've seen Ricochet on TV for some time. So I mean, it, it, it it's it right now they're in a system where they have to build new stars because a lot of their top talent is out. And and granted, I'm tired of seeing Seth Rollins versus Dominic just as much as Tavia is, but you can't front that they're building Dominic. They're making out of Dominic into a a valuable kind of a talent. I, I don't know where it's gonna go from here, you know, with them like jobbing him out like how they've been doing, but the fact that he's on TV and he's in a Facing major storyline, mm-hmm. huh?
2: Facing Seth Rollins.
3: Yeah, but he but he's had good outings with with Seth Rollins. Like that SummerSlam match was dope. The story was great. Uh the I didn't really too much see the Steel Cage match that they had.
0: But I know too.
3: but I know that they are supposed to be having some trouble with the tag team. Match is supposed to be the number no one contenders for the Street Profits coming up. So, I mean, I get – I I like what they're doing. And they should have been doing this from day one. And you wouldn't have these, these internet dorks saying, like, oh, you're pushing Roman Reigns down our throat. So, I'm just going to rebel against him because I wanted to see Daniel Ryan win the Royal Rumble. That's corny, but it, that's that's what happened. Give them more – give them more of a variety to see things. Then they learn to appreciate certain talents like Roman Reigns, because honestly, I really don't see much of a difference with Roman Reigns other than the fact that he has Paul Heyman with him. He's just a bad. He's a badass. He has Paul Heyman as his mouthpiece. He's not talking as much. He's wrecking shit. He's always wreck shit. Good or good, bad or ugly, he's always wreck shit. So I mean, but the fact that I get what what Peter's saying also, absence Smith. Make- the heart ground, grow, grow fond The fact that we haven't seen Roman in so long, it's like, oh, you added a, you you you've added a little salt onto him now. So you so now he's a different taste. So I mean, it. I get the territory things. I don't know if it will work, per se. You know, because everything is so internet savvy. So you're going to see them, regardless if you're watching WWE program. you're, you're still going to hear about them. You're still going to see them, but. I'm not going to, hold I'm, I'm kind of enjoying the pandemic, build the stars of what they're doing with, like, Cedric Alexander, Nikki Cross. Uh, Nikki Cross is, is is coming into her own. Alexa Bliss is, she's always been good, but now she has another arc into her character. I like what they're doing with that. Keith Lee, I'm still waiting to see what they're going to do with Keith Lee, but bro, maybe... They got,
0: they, they got me in the swing with...
3: Yeah, bro. I see. Yeah, I see. I'm I'm. I'm right, look. It, yeah, it's it's got me even interested in Drew McIntyre again because of him to keep because of how that storyline is building.
2: Uh, I'm, I'm not a fan of that storyline
3: at all. I'm not much of a fan of it. I'm more of being open to it because it's something new. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, mm-hmm. it's not feeding Drew all these other, you know, has-beens or people that were already established to try to give him the rub to make it seem like he's dominant. He's going to get somebody that's fresh, that's new, that virtually a lot of the, a, a, grass, a vast majority of the audience hasn't really seen. You have your diehards that are NXT fans, but not everybody in the WWE universe watches NXT. So, I also
1: think it's great that he's not defending the title all the time. Like, I don't get me wrong. I miss title defenses on Raw's and SmackDown's. Like I I remember the days of watching Monday Night Raw and the WWE Championship would change hands on Monday Mm. Night Raw and it was a big deal. I do miss that. But at the same time, I like the fact that it's not just like, okay, Keith Lee versus Drew McIntyre for the title and then Keith Lee loses. And then all of a sudden it's just like, all right, where do we go from here? They're, they're right. doing, it does, it's a very slow thing. And so with the title, not necessarily being in the picture, but being on one of the guys in the picture, yes. it, makes you, it makes you look at Lee of like, okay, he's main event quality, Thank you. but not yet. Yes, cause it's a story
3: line with the headway champion but it's not circled around the heavyweight champion ship. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm mean? saying? So it it builds an arc into it builds a layer into Drew where you look at him as not only as your heavyweight champion, but you're looking at him as a as, as a as a superstar, as a character. Because now mm-hmm. he has a level into into what he's saying and what he's doing. He's not just killing everybody because he's the heavyweight champion. You know what I'm saying? That,
1: that's pretty much what I've been saying. Thanks, Pete. And it allows him to lose, too, which is great. Exactly, yeah. It allows Drew to lose and, and look like a vulnerable champion while still being dominant. Because I think that's that's something that's different with the WWE. They don't really know how to build somebody that's dominant and vulnerable at the same time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And, and that has to be that layer. Drew,
2: I don't want to see Drew as vulnerable ever. I don't really want, I really don't even want to see him as champion, but I'm watching it. So,
1: I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, to be
2: honest with you, you know, I, I, you got to bring up some really good points, right? But we're mm-hmm. missing the fact that Keith Lee. There's so many other angles that we need to take this. I feel like Keith Lee. The fact that he's being pushed into the main event spotlight so fast is not good for him. It's not going to be good in the long. Run. Mm-hmm. I feel like. Yeah, he's gonna, from before he even gets the legitimate chance to mm-hmm. get this out, his team's gonna go fail. Basically, he's gonna be like Finn Balor. That's oh man, that was such a, that's amazing, what they crazy, did. It was a disappointment. Yeah. yeah, it was disappointing with things. You know what I'm saying? And I, you know, it's sad, but like when I look at some of these storylines and stuff, and I'm just like, look, there's so many, I feel it more with the women's division with the, than with the men's division, to be honest with you. I feel like there's Mm -hmm. such a wealth of talent in the women's division, you know what I'm saying, that could take the reins, because we don't have Becky, we don't have Charlotte, we don't have Ronda, you know what I'm saying, we don't have the Bellas anymore. You know what I'm saying, you had the Iconics who were like the second, like the only true tag team to me in the the company, you split them up, you're not really putting any stock behind some of these storylines with the women, I think. Mm. Like, there's no reason why Bianca Belair is on main event.
1: Or where's Naomi? But the funny thing is, you could do that with Bianca. They they feel like they can do that with Bianca, but they can't do that with Keith Lee. And it kind of ties into your idea of that fickleness, right? Why can't Keith Lee build his way up, become an intercontinental champion? I've always said there should be a trade-in system, right? So one of the things Mm -hmm. that I loved about Old TNA was the uh, the X-Division briefcase thing where you could yes. trade in the X-Division championship for a I shot at the world. T- yeah, I love I that see. about TNA. And one of the things I always go back to was when Ultimate Warrior was the Intercontinental champion and he went after the WWE championship. I've always thought, we talk about SummerSlam being the second biggest WWE pay-per-view of the big four behind WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Why can't at SummerSlam The Intercontinental Champion have the choice to vacate the Intercontinental Championship, thereby opening up storylines for new Intercontinental Champions to face the WWE Champion. And whether they win or they lose, you legitimize them if they lose as a future main event star. And if they win, you give a fresh spin on this idea of, the titles being ladder based, you're working your yeah, way. went so far away from that, man.
2: We talking mm-hmm. about when the Ultimate mm-hmm. Warrior was going for the for the uh, world. This is right before WrestleMania six, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. The in the, of the title doesn't have the same meaning as it did back in in the nineties. You get what I'm saying?
0: Hundred ten percent.
2: It, it's not it good, though. It should, in my opinion. I used to think that's what I used to think back in the day. You know, did I stop really, you know, watching on the off,
3: whatever. So, when Now, go ahead. I was about to ask you a question, though. Go ahead. Ask. I was going to ask you, with the. With, I get. Because I, I 100% agree with you as far as then the kind of title, is not how it was revered as it was back then, but in the hands of a Jeff Hardy and. and with the Sami Zayn's and and the AJ Styles now vying for it with this ladder match that they just announced, do you feel like with those three that they can carry it forward or try to like get it
2: back to being revered? Yeah, I mean, let me tell you something. I like all right. Who has the United States Championship on wrong? Um, Ashley. He you? I didn't even know. Um. I feel like, look at the prestige of the people who are in that ladder match. You know, Jeff Hardy's a legend. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? He still looks great. You know, uh, AJ Styles is is everybody's favorite. You know, is everybody's favorite, favorite wrestler's favorite wrestler. You get what I'm saying? So I think that it helps with that prestige. The last time I saw the prestige really starting to come through was back when Cody, like, uh, reintroduced the old school title. It right. was coming back into that type of prestige.
1: but Mm -hmm. these guys are not developing stars though you need a Matt Riddle with it and these mid card titles should be able to do that because, in my in my theory, they should be a launching point for guys to move to the heavyweight championship. And they should be a place for those gatekeepers, those guys who don't ever need a heavyweight championship, or those former champions to kind of go back into that role. Like to me, there shouldn't, it shouldn't be disrespectful for a former world heavyweight champion to go after the Intercontinental Championship as a as a means to getting back to the world heavyweight championship right or vice versa all of a sudden you got somebody let's say you had drew mcintyre former wwe champion former world champion he's now the intercontinental champion and you got this kid like a matt riddle coming in building his way up and now all of a sudden he beats drew mcintyre for the intercontinental championship you 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 do so much with that you cement matt riddle as oh, shit, he beat Drew McIntyre, who's a former WWE champion. Maybe Matt Riddle's a champion one day. So you mm-hmm. do so many things by doing that, and we lost so much by, by, by devaluing those mid-card championships because mm-hmm. it really it really served as a platform for people to move on to that next level.
0: I think, and before we close it out, my, my thoughts on it is we had it at one point in time with the U.S. Open Challenge. Um, They went away from it, of course. But the most recent example, again, like I said, it's a US Open Challenge and having the John Cena Kevin Owens um, storyline. that was beautiful storyteller, beautiful booking. But it made
2: a fickle because the Roman tried to do the same thing, they saw it as a demotion.
1: Right. But did
2: Roman lose?
1: Sina was willing to
2: lose. to lose. Cena was willing to lose to Bill stuff. Roman was, was willing to lose. Roman lost to Finn. Roman was, yeah, the, that, reason, Roman was the reason why Finn was getting that, that push. Like That match for Roman cemented Finn going yeah. into that summer camp. You said that saw, saw it as a demotion.
3: I thought they said that Roman saw it as a demotion. Yeah, John Cena call, call called
0: him out and said and said that so Roman saw it as the demo That's all <laughs> storyline stuff.
1: I'm just going uh, out with what the uh, internet fans are saying. I think what made yeah. that, what made, and as Dre said, I got to agree with you, Dre, 100%. The booking on that Kevin Owens, John Cena storyline was so beautiful because John Cena, as dominant as he's been throughout his entire career, literally had a kid come in and beat mm. the brakes off of him. Yeah, it's the ghost of Wade Barrett. Yeah. So <laughs> right. and, beat, and beat the Brakes yeah, off of him. Yeah. You, know. you know what's funny, though? You know what's funny, though? The, retribu- the Retribution storyline, now that Wade Barrett's <laughs> back. Oh, Wade God, Barrett, no. Retribution should just come to the ring, and Wade Barrett just comes out, and he's like, I've got some bad news for you. We're <laughs> <laughs> right. gonna lose. Cena had to, Cena had to take that out to
2: Kevin <laughs> Owens because... Let me tell you something. Uh, we would have had, we would have had the re- the Nexus would have been as dominant as the Shield, if they not had taken that. He had not <laughs> the whole entire like
1: Nexus. Roster. That's when I stopped watching. We should still be talking about the Nexus in 2020, and we're not.
0: Right, yeah. but we'll we'll bring up the Shield any day and talk about all all the, the, the crazy stuff they did in five years together. They right.
1: were right. in one that night, two
0: years. A one night, That's one really? night. Two years. I'm sorry, two years. Yeah. The shield needed five, five years talk about Yeah. Yes. The
1: shield needed two years to cement their legacy. Nexus cemented their legacy in one night, in one segment on Monday Night Raw. Yeah, then they Stop. turn around and they all
2: lost to John Cena and Cole. Right. Cole Everybody Cole lost Cole. to John Cena. C-
0: every single damn body in the Nexus lost to John and if Cena. You
2: literally- And Wade Barrett would have been where Seth, Roman, and Dean had gotten
1: to. If you listen to, I think he did a shoot interview, Wade Barrett. If you listen to one of the interviews, he says that literally up until the night of SummerSlam, Mm -hmm. they were told they were going over. And the plan was for Nexus to go over. And literally they get to the building that day. And, you know, people are all under the impression that they're going over and they get pulled back into a meeting with Vince where they get told the plan got changed. And when Wade Barrett asks Vince for clarification as to why, Vince says, and th- and Wade says that he does not believe him to this day. But the excuse from Vince was, we got to send the fans home happy. <laughs>
0: You know what? <laughs> you know what? How come we, end- we saw it? Yeah. Oh, we, oh man. Yeah. That's that's something we gotta you end it on. We can't in that go.
2: That crowd saw no. those colored shirts. It was like there's too many kids in this crowd for me to, to stay heart before they go home.
0: But, right. Uh, oh.
2: But yeah, let me say something. Like Tina had he had to take that out of Kevin Williams. He had to.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: He had no choice. No, no,
0: no choice. Um, guys, we did go a little long, so I likely All will right. break break open. this. I will definitely likely break this off into two episodes. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you listen to this part and you didn't listen to the first part, definitely listen to the first part that <laughs> dropped on Monday. Um, this part as you're listening to is out on Wednesday. Um Peter, thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us.
1: Dude, I it was a pleasure. I had a lot of fun, and I'm down to do it anytime. Oh, I can't oh. wait to get
3: you in the studio. It's a wrap. <laughs>
1: it's a wrap.
3: I, I, I want to apologize what? to you, Tay, Dre. Mm-hmm. Like, like, again, y'all know I just got out of the hospital, so everything's kind of like weird right now. I'm not exactly in my office right now, recording with y'all. I'm on the move. So, again, I apologize. I apologize <laughs> to everybody, but. You huh? just
2: know people for cutting me off, but <laughs> <laughs> okay, woman. Woman, I, apologize. I, I ain't even gonna argue with you.
3: Put your knife away it's nine times out of ten. I'm seeing you next Saturday anyway. I'm good. I apologize. Put your knife away.
1: <laughs> yeah, like I said, i it was a pleasure for me. I, I loved I love cutting it up with, with all three of y'all, and you know, it, it's great. Uh, especially when you get together with, with minds like this and really have these mm-hmm. really deep conversations. And it's not just like, LeBron James, and the greatest of all time. <laughs> yeah. You know, some of these sports fans. But, yo, I'm down for it. Any Saturday y'all want me, y'all just let me know and I'll make it happen.
0: Yes, definitely. We'll, we'll definitely speak to you about that after the show, for sure. We'll definitely have a conversation with you about that. But um, shout out to everybody at the Jabba Chairs Network, of course. Uh, us here at the Yurt Sports Show. Cats and Dogs, the Mister Black show, um, and they got something new coming out. Um, Matt was part of creating this new show that that's potentially called coming out. It's called Two and a Half Bros. We don't have too much information on it, but but you know just stay tuned to that. Follow Two and a Half Bros on on Instagram, and just stay tuned for that. Um, we have a viewing party coming up, guys. We're we're back. We're back. Um, In the COVID era, we have a viewing party, October 4th, NXT TakeOver. Now, it is very important, ladies and gentlemen, if you are going to please RSVP, we know because of, you know, the COVID crisis going on, we have very limited spots, amount of spots of people going. So you must RSVP. If you do not RSVP, we cannot let you in. Trying to do that now, right? (laughs) So make sure you go on the Jabotis Network group page. Um, If you need it sent, hit up one of us, and we'll send it to you. Again, once we're at capacity, we will not be letting anybody else in. So, um, again, great episode. If you didn't listen to part one, listen to part one, then come back and listen to part two. Uh, Peter, you're always welcome on here anytime. told so, you i was
1: bringing the heat today i told you
0: you definitely did you definitely did so for oh, uh,
1: if i can if i can plug yes. one thing
0: yes that's what i meant to say Please plug plug anything you uh, want.
1: Oh, definitely want to plug uh, Bree Combination Wrestling. They just had their fourth anniversary show. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. due to my own personal health concerns, I could not be there. It was the first show. I did mm-hmm. not get all on commentary. But please follow Bree Combination Wrestling on all social media platforms. I uh, just want to put over. I know uh, Javatius and yours sells merch, but I just want to put mm-hmm. over my boy his shirt. Ah, uh, Joe Kai. Anybody who's in wrestling, no hope. No My
0: God, Joe dip. Kai.
1: God, please rep his shirt on what a maneuver you can find it on whatamaneuver.com. Mm-hmm. And lastly, this upcoming Thursday on Facebook, if you follow We Love Wrestling, we will be doing a in a, a versus battle, a wrestling theme song versus battle i will be taking part in this week's versus battle and the theme is independent wrestling theme so thursday night on the we love wrestling on facebook you can catch that uh on thursday All right.
0: wonderful wonderful we'll definitely definitely check out we love wrestling um peter where can these people follow you at
1: uh you can follow me on facebook at p at peter Rosado you can find me on there you can find me on instagram at uh, I just changed my thing to at PD Rosado four zero eight seven and you can find me on Twitter at Peter Rosato uh, I think it's PD Rosado or Peter risotto one of the things you can easily find me there uh, mm-hmm. connect with me shoot me anything whether it's memes or craziness or whatever I'm down for the fun
0: most certainly again definitely f- thank you for joining us we definitely appreciate you we we'll go would we'll, you always welcome back so for the Queen Queen Tay. They always working. you got to respect the grind. You have to respect the grind. Four. My man's Pete Rosado. Four. B. K. Matt. All day. A.K.A. Never I ain't going to do that to you. I ain't going (laughs) to do that to you today. I ain't going to do that to you today. Don't don't play play with me, Abby. Don't do it. Hey.
3: Don't do it. Hey. Ain't this. Ain't it no. is. I ain't got the service for him. Don't do it. do
0: know it. It is your boy, Big Baby, signing off. Peace. Peace.